0: if you believe it gets sweeter as the days go by, say hallelujah this morning. Amen. Amen. It's good to see you in God's house today and praise God we live in a, in a country that still allows us to gather to worship and praise his name. Amen. Amen. And we're going to do that this morning and there's no better way to, to worship and to, it, it does get sweeter every day because he is that much closer to us. The more we draw ourselves onto him, he said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. So let's just praise him that he never has ever, ever turned his back on us. Amen. Hallelujah. Father God, I just come before you right now and thank you for this opportunity that we have to gather in your house and just uh, whether we be by live feed, whether it's the YouTube channel, whether it's by the radio station, uh, or right here are those that are gathered together to praise your name. I thank you that you are there. Everywhere that someone turns their heart and their eyes to you, you are there. So Father, may we hear your voice, may we act upon it, and may we leave out of this place, not saying that we went to church or we gathered in a building, but that we went and in corporate lit, corporate union stood in the presence of the one who loves us the most. Your name, Lord, we pray, Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 It's good seeing everybody this morning. You can grab a seat just as well. Actually, wait a minute, wait a minute before you sit down. We're not going to walk around. Everybody watching by video land, we're not walking around, but we can do this. So turn and do the parade wave to everybody and say good morning. Good morning good to see you in God's house amen y'all are quiet we're gonna have to get that when we're allowed to again we're gonna have to get that thing down a little bit better there you go amen it's good seeing everybody this morning I do have a few announcements and no my my new glasses have not come in yet because ophthalmologists are not considered essential therefore I'm still using my reader's I know, I couldn't believe it. If you didn't know, my glasses kind of flew off my motorcycle last week, and uh, so now everybody looks pretty to me. Just kidding. Just kidding, y'all always do. Thank you. <laughs> We do have the the face masks in the front. If you didn't bring one and you would like to wear one, we have face masks out front. We have hand sanitizer. And I just want to remind you that we are trying to adhere to the CDC guidelines to the best of our ability. That's why there's an empty row between each row. And also we have overflow in the fellowship hall. Uh, The guys that are watching over there, everybody turn around to the camera and wave at them right now. There you go. Glad you could be with us as well. So all this is, is to try to... To be a part and do our best that we can to 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 help stymie what's going on around us. So praise the Lord! I want to encourage you. Those things are available to you as well. The few announcements, uh, but before I get to the announcements, we get letters in the church oftentimes, and I'm not going to read the whole thing to you. But I really loved. If you did not know, we have been live streaming for years, and we've been putting it on the YouTube channel for years. However, in the midst of this pandemic, we have gotten a lot more viewership and more letters coming in. And I wanted to just share one with you just so you kind of hear what's going on. If they're watching this morning, you, you probably can tell this is yours by the yellow and white. But it says, my wife and I live in Tucson, Arizona and belong to a local church and attend a small group Bible study and run a Bible study at a local homeless shelter. The only reason I tell you these things is to not, not to boast, but to let you know that we are plugged into our community and church family. However... With that said, I wanted to let you know that my my Christy and I feel like such a part of your church. We watch your uploads on YouTube as soon as they come out on Sundays, and we feel like part of your congregation, even though we are nearly a thousand miles away. I'm going to skip this part, but then he goes on to say down here, thank you for all that you guys are doing. The teachings are inspiring, meaningful, and really touch me. But also I have to say, I really enjoy the praise and worship team that you have. And I especially like it when, amen. I especially like it, in quotations, the little guy in the back plays the harmonica. (laughs) Seriously though, God bless you and your family and thank you for all that you do. Amen. So God, amen, God gets the glory, that's right. But I just wanted to share that with you to let you know that we serve a mighty God. And he's not just God in Sutherland Springs, he's not just God in South Texas, he's not God in Texas, he is God in the entire creation, everywhere, amen? And all who choose to turn and put their eyes on him, regardless of what stipulations may be put upon us by man, my God is still there. And I want to encourage you, never forget that. No matter how political things may go, no matter how uh, the folks may say that the sky is falling, always remember that my God said, I will never leave you nor forsake you, regardless of wherever you may be, chained to a wall, Paul and Silas are singing praises and the chains fall off. Amen? Amen. Always remember, God never leaves you. So keep your eyes on him. Just a few more announcements. Uh, If you did not know, David Kobath has been teaching his Thursday night class via uh, live feed. Also, we have just started doing Sunday evening class via live feed as well. We're going to continue to do that even once we're allowed to bring... Uh, to gather back together again there's been so many that's picked up on these lessons so we're going to continue to live feed those as well and I want to share with you that we were able to speak I was speaking with the governor Thursday and what he is asking and what he's proposing at this present things change so quickly but if we can continue as we are now gathering and holding to the CDC guidelines he will be announcing this tomorrow as well but that hold off on the rest of the service for just two more weeks and in in those two weeks that gives him time to to inclement or in increments bring things back together so I'm hoping in two weeks time we can start having our breakfast again and and all those things that we used to do so keep that in your prayer that that's um that's our prayer and I want to encourage you to be praying for that Also too, tomorrow, there's a few of us that's heading up, some have already headed up there actually to Alto Frio, getting, if you didn't know that all the spring camps and everything at the Baptist encampment have canceled, so they are taking this time to do some upgrades and things that needed to be done, tearing out, destroying some of the old cabinetry and such, rebuilding some cabinetry, things of that nature, painting, things that need to be done, they're asking for volunteers to come up and do those things. So several of us are going up there uh, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. If you would like to go with, make sure you get with me and... uh, we'll go up there and they'll, they'll house you and feed you for the, for the labor to go out and, and help upgrade the camp for summer camps. Right now, only one summer camp has canceled. So we are praying that all the summer camps can continue to proceed and continue to touch the lives of those who come for the gospel. Um, and I think that is enough announcements. And I'm going to turn it over to, to Brother John. John. Oh, there he is. Can I pray with you, brother? Yes, Father God, I just lift up my brother to you right now, and I just thank you for his willingness and his diligence to, to bring the word to us in the scripture reading right now, Lord. He's, he's the one been making this, or you're doing it through him, Lord, but the live feeds and the camera feeds and the overflow feeds, him and Morgan have been putting all these things together back there, Lord, on a skeleton crew, but they're making it happen, and I thank you for them, Lord, and I thank you for his willingness to do that for you. May we hear you through him now, in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, son.
1: Thank you. Well, earlier last week, I had planned on talking about something else today, but we had a couple things come up in the past few days. So, on uh, Friday, the twenty fourth, our pet dog Clover it was one. Uh, she, Clover was one of uh, Crystal and the kids' favorite uh, favorite pets, uh, who I also grew to love, uh, passed away. Uh, my understanding was Clover was a. Uh, uh, German Shepherd Labrador mix and uh, she was about 13-14 years old which is pretty good uh, considering her average lifespan to be about 10 years for that breed Now I'm grateful that God let her stay as long as he did she did bring me some degree of comfort too and I was honored to get to take care of her then on Saturday the 25th our pet cat Whoa that was another one of Crystal's favorites uh, got hit by a car and passed away and I uh, just—I vaguely remember the day that Woe showed up at our house. Uh, we heard some kittens in the garage, and it's like, oh no, <laughs> we don't need this, so we named her Woe. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, anyway, she was a good cat. I want to read today out of Matthew chapter 10, starting in verse 29. Aren't two sparrows sold for a penny, yet not one of them fall- falls to the ground, without your father's consent. This is Jesus talking. But even the hairs of your head have all been counted. So don't be afraid, therefore. You're worth more than many sparrows. Therefore, everyone who will acknowledge me before man, I also acknowledge him before my father in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I also will deny him before my Father in heaven. I also wanted to read out of the book of Psalms, chapter 139, starting in verse 13. For it was you, it was God, who created my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I will praise you because I have been remarkably and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, and I know this very well. My bones were not hidden from you from when I was made in secret, when I was formed in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw me when I was formless. All my days were written in your book and planned before a single one of them began. And last I'd like to read out Job chapter 1, starting in verse 20. Then Job stood up, and this is after Job uh, lost a lot of his loved ones. Uh, He had underwent some tragedy, and he lost a lot of loved ones. And uh, starting in verse 20, And Job stood up, tore his robe, and shaved his head. He fell to the ground in worship, saying, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will leave this life. The Lord gives, and the Lord takes away. Praise the name of Yahweh. Throughout all this, Job did not sin or blame God for anything. I have a lot of respect for Job because even I've had some times where I've been frustrated about some things, and uh, you know he he even went through arguably worse in some ways. Uh, while we're here, let's do what we what we've been called to do. Let's share the good news. Our Father in heaven, thank you for giving us this time. Thank you for allowing us to serve you and be a part of your perfect kingdom. Thank you for those who have gone before us and those who still serve with us. Thank you for clover and woe and the time you allowed them to be with us. Please continue to guide us and protect us and grant us wisdom, knowledge, discernment, and understanding in all that we do, that we'd bring glory and honor to you. Please forgive us where we fall short of your will. Please be with Chris and the band and Pastor Frank and guide the worship and message according to your will. Thank you for your many blessings. These things we ask in the name of your precious and perfect Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
2: while I sang by the King of the King. Hosanna, Hosanna, go away, my voice is raised. Hosanna, Hosanna, thank you for your amazing grace. You sent us here to rescue me. I was bound, but now I'm free. You did me here. I sweet will come. Lord is my salvation.
0: guys. Hallelujah. I pray this morning that the Lord is your salvation. If you're here today and you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that you'll make that change today. Amen? Amen. Good seeing you guys out there this morning. I praise the Lord for each one of you. Um, You're in for it this morning because I brought two Bibles. You know, when you come doubly loaded, that means doubly long, right, Brother Ray? (laughs) Amen. Now, if you have your Bibles, turn to the book of Ezekiel this morning. Uh, excuse me. Exec- executive. Exodus. We'll get this out. It's an E anyway. Exodus. Exodus chapter 14. And as you're turning there this morning, I want to share something. I, I have a, one of the Bibles I like to study out of. It's called the Patriots Bible. And it's interspersed with things that were said by our founding fathers and people throughout the years as they were putting things together. And I wanted to share something. While you're turning to, to Exodus, this is what, something that was put in here. This was written by Ezra Stiles back in 1783. He said, In our lowest and most dangerous state, in 1776 and 1777, we sustained ourselves against the British army of 60,000 troops commanded by the blessed General Britons could procure throughout Europe with a naval force of 22,000 seamen In above 80 men-of-war ships, who but a Washington inspired by heaven could have conceived the surprise move upon the enemy at Princeton that Christmas Eve when Washington and his army crossed the Delaware? Who but the ruler of the winds could have delayed the British reinforcements by three months of contrary ocean winds at a critical point of war? Or what but a providential miracle of God at the last minute detected the treacherous schemes of traitors such as Benedict Arnold, which would have delivered the American army, including George Washington himself, into the hands of the enemy. On the French role in the revolution, it is God himself who so ordered the balancing interests of nations as to produce an irresistible motive in the European maritime powers to take our part. Yes, gentlemen, the United States are under peculiar ob- obligations to become a holy people unto the Lord our God for the miracles that he has wrought for us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now I want to back that up with looking into the book of Exodus here. In the book of Exodus in chapter 14, starting in verse 15. Actually, I'm going to start back 14. The Lord will fight for you you must be quiet. And the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to break camp. As for you, lift up your staff, stretch out your hand over the sea, and divide it so that the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. I'm going to harden the hearts of the Egyptians so that they will go in after them, and I will receive glory by means of Pharaoh, all his army, and his chariots, and his horsemen. The Egyptians will know that I am the Lord when I receive glory through Pharaoh, his chariots, and his horsemen. And then the angel of God, who was going in front of the Israelite forces, moved and went behind them. The pillar of cloud moved from in front of them and stood behind them. And it came between the Egyptians and the Israelite forces. The cloud was there in the darkness, yet it lit up the night. So neither group came near the other all night long. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. And the Lord drove the sea back with a powerful east wind all that night and turned the sea into dry land. So the waters were divided and the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground with the waters like a wall to them on their right and their left. The Egyptians set out in pursuit all Pharaoh's horses, his chariots and his horsemen and went unto the sea after them. Then during the morning watch, the Lord looked down on the Egyptian forces from the pillar of fire and cloud and threw them into confusion. He caused their chariot wheels to swerve and made them to dive with difficulty, drive with difficulty. Let's get away from Israel, from Israel, the Egyptians said, because the Lord is fighting for them against Egypt. Then the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand over the sea so that the waters may come back onto the Egyptians on their chariots and the horsemen. So Moses stretched out his hand over the sea and at daybreak, the sea returned to its normal depth. While the Egyptians were trying to escape from it, the Lord overthrew them in the sea. The waters came back, covered the chariots, then the horsemen, the entire army of Pharaoh that had gone after them into the sea. None of them survived. But the Israelites had walked through the sea on dry ground with the waters like a wall to them on their right and their left. That day the Lord saved Israel from the power of the Egyptians and Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore. When Israel saw the great power that the Lord used against the Egyptians, the people feared the Lord and believed in him and his servant Moses. I read these things to you this morning, both out of the Patriots Bible and then here out of the book of Exodus to present to you just how incredibly powerful, how awesome the power is that our God has to, rout, to, to, to wrought miracles upon this world. Amen? Amen? There is nothing that is beyond the capability of our God. Even though we may not be able to fathom it in our mind. Even though we may not comprehend just what can or cannot be done. My God can and does whatever he so desires to bring about the end that he has put forth for you and I. Amen? The, in, in our lives, I, I, I bet you if I was to ask you, in, in our lives, if we were to really think about it, we could probably come up with some type of miracle that we have seen produced by God. If not in our own lives. That we've read about or heard about on TV. There have been so many miraculous things. That God has done amongst his people. Now that being said. I don't believe any. That, that, that it would be hard pressed to find one as monumental. monumental As the stroll that, that Moses and the Israelites took through the desert. But it doesn't change the fact. That God does and still does. Continue to work in powerful miraculous ways. Amen. He does incredible things. These Israelites, they had to cross the Red Sea. Now, we've seen the Charlton Heston movie possibly, or you've seen it depicted in pictures, or you've seen people talk about it in storybooks and such. But there are parts to this story just that are beyond our imagination sometimes. And that's what I want us to, to delve into this morning. The power that God must have to be able not only to part the Red Sea, but if you think about this now, He also, once he got his children to the other side and and across on this dry ground, he had to sustain them for the next 40 years. Amen? Now this morning, we're going to be looking at the amazing displays of power and feats that God has produced. That that there's no way that we cannot say we're miraculous. We're going to look at several different passages of scripture. So as you this morning get ready, I want today's gonna to be a kind of a Bible drills, if you will. If you have your Bibles this morning, start exercising your fingers so you can flip through there. If you have your phone for a Bible, start doing your thumbs so that you can find it quickly. <laughs> Morgan asked me this morning when she held up the list of scriptures I gave her, I said, Yep, that's it for real. We're gonna have several passages of scripture I want us to look at this morning. But I, what I'm trying to put forth is a, a, a picture, an illustration, so that we can comprehend, so that we can understand a little bit better just how incredibly powerful our God's strength is. So, so with these Bible drills, I want us to just look at a small portion of what he has done and can do and continues to do. But let's look at the first story here in the book of Exodus. As I said, we, we, we have... We've all seen pictures of some sort. I think all of us probably can say whether we know Christ or not, whether we've been in church or not. I think all of us at some point or another have heard the story about how Moses and the Israelites crossed the Red Sea. And if you've watched the movie, the Charlton Heston movie, and I'm sure there's probably a more modern one, but that's the one that sticks in my old head. In that movie, they're going to cross and you see the wall of water on each side. And they and you could look to the left the scripture said and you could look to the right But there's some other aspects to this that I think Hollywood got wrong and things that we don't really work through in our heads and as I was studying this and I've taught classes on the tabernacle and the tribes where they sat and and it looks real cute and concise on the nice little page when you when you draw out the diagram but when you look scripturally at the amount of Israelites that came across we're talking about we just read that they all crossed in one night on dry ground now we can look into the scriptures and and there are scholars who will Argue a little bit whether it was two and a half million or three million, but still there was a whole lot of people. About three million people is who crossed the Red Sea that night. Now, think about what it takes to get three million people across the Red Sea in one night. If they walked in a nice narrow pathway of side by side, we figured it up. That would be about eight. That line of people would be about eight hundred miles long in thirty-five days to cross. Obviously, that's not how they crossed the Red Sea. No, to get 3 million people across the Red Sea, when God brought down those hands to, to stop the waters, he had to stop about a 3-mile swath so there could be 5,000 people across so that they could all get across the Red Sea in one night on dry ground. Now, I understand splitting the Red Sea at all is pretty monumental, but when you think he stopped a swath wide enough to pull three million people across, that gets our mind working just a little bit more about how incredible that that, that miracle was. Now, think about this. They get across the Red Sea, and they all get across the Red Sea in one evening. The waters come back down, they take out the Egyptians and things. We get We got all this figured out, but now he's got to feed them. They're they're going to be out there for 40 years on the other side. They're they're all on the other side, and they're hungry. Now, the the military is pretty neat. They have these figures. The army quartermaster can figure out how much feed it it takes. They're not animals, but how much food it takes to sustain a cavalry or an army or whatever it may be. Well, according to the the army quartermaster, to feed 3 million people is roughly around 1,500 tons of food a day. 1,500 tons of food. Folks, that's a whole lot of trucks every day bringing food in. But yet God feeds them every day. And not only does he feed them every day, but on the sixth day he makes sure to supply double the amount of food so they don't have to work on the Sabbath. And he brings all that every day for 40 years. And oh yes, don't forget, we're, as people, we need water Water is, is a huge commodity. Now, God has just split the sea three miles wide, got them all to the other side. It's supplying approximately 1,500 tons of food a day, 3,000 on the sixth day. But you've got to have water, and the best way you can figure, just enough to sustain us needed to be approximately 11,000 gallons a day. That's a lot of water. That's a whole lot of water. have to bring out you know how many tank cars that would be and how long that train would have to be to be able to bring forth the water to sustain them now those numbers are daily those numbers are just for one day of the week now picture that for 40 years God is doing these things you see when you start really analyzing the logistics of what God did there it is amazing and if you want to think about this what happened at the end of the day every day at the end of the day, every day, they set up the tabernacle and they set up camp. Do you realize to set up camp for three million people is about two-thirds the size of Rhode Island? 750 square miles. When you, really, you know, you look on that page and you may have taught the Sunday school class or you may have that picture in the back of your Bible of what they would have done every night in the desert. That really, when you put the 12 tribes around and everything, you're looking at a piece of property out there. But yet God brought this to be every day. With that thought in mind, God provided the manna every day. 1,500 tons or whatever it may be. He brought enough manna every day. He produced enough water every day. He made sure they had a place to stop when he was leading them so they could set up A place that's two-thirds the size of Rhode Island, if you will. And he did this every day. Folks, when you look to the power and the miracles of our God, as a human being, you may say that's just not logistically possible. But with my God, all things are possible. Amen? And we still serve that same God today. Now turn over to Joshua. He is pretty extraordinary in the miracles that he worked there. But I want us to look over at Joshua real quick, to Joshua chapter 3. In Joshua chapter 3, starting in verse 14. When the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priests carried the Ark of the Covenant ahead of them. Now the Jordan overflows its banks throughout the harvest season. In other words, it's at flood stage. But as soon as the priests carrying the ark reached the Jordan, their feet touched the water at its edge and the water flowing downstream stood still, rising up in a mass that extended as far as Adam, a city next to Zarathon. The water flowing downstream into the Sea of Araba, the Dead Sea, was completely cut off and the people crossed opposite Jericho. The priests carrying the Ark of the Lord's Covenant stood firmly on dry ground in the middle of the Jordan while all Israel uh, crossed on dry ground until the entire nation had finished crossing the Jordan. Hallelujah! Again, we see... Uh, this massive amount of people crossing on dry ground again the river jordan is at flood stage and i have a feeling that if you've never seen a river on flood st- at flood stage you've seen it on tv i remember when canyon lake broke the dam uh, what 10 years ago or however many years ago everybody watched how that water cut a new canyon we've seen rivers at flood stage and what they can do that the people would have looked at the to joshua and said you really want us to cross this but the the simple faith of the levites and i say simple because it, it's hard to put in action sometimes but it's simple just to say god what would you have me to do because they put their faith in god they walked to the river it's raging but because they knew that god's will was for them to get to the other side and god said cross the river they stepped in anyway with the Ark of the Covenant. And as soon as their feet touched the edge of the water. Because they carried out the will of God to the best of their ability. God came through with his side of the picture. And split the water and they passed on dry ground. Because they chose to act in faith. Folks these are the, the, the forerunners. Of the many, many miracles of God. That we can see throughout the Old and New Testament. Over and over and over Throughout the word of God, we can see miracles. We can see God's hand working in incredible ways. We can see things that defy the logistics of man. But with God, the logistics of man are just a, a, a plaything. He knows how to bring things to be. God put these miracles in the scriptures. He tells us to read about them, to understand them, and take them into our heart and our mind so that we would understand and know just how incredibly powerful and great our God is that he is can can move mountains, he can split the Red Sea. He put these miracles here so that we would know in the midst of the biggest crisis of your and my lifetime, probably, in the midst of the, the greatest and the largest thing that could really change our lives, my God is still in the business of creating miracles. That in the midst of a pandemic, my God didn't hang up his, his, his coat and say, that one's too big for me. That in the midst of whatever may be transpiring around us in the world today, my God who split the Red Sea, who split the Jordan, who brings the dead to life, my God is still on the throne. And as long as my hope is not in the logistics of man, but in the hope of a miraculous working God, then I have nothing to fear. And we can proceed. Hallelujah. Folks, When we put that into our minds, when we realize that he is still on the throne, then we can move with freedom again in our hearts and in our minds. Sure, our bodies could be physically locked down, but no one, nowhere, no how on this earth can ever lock down the spirit of a man or a woman who's truly put their spirit in the hands of Jesus Christ. And we can live that way. We can have freedom. Freedom. In 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 our spirit by knowing that God's in control. Can my God still heal? Absolutely. Can my God protect me from a from a virus or whatever else comes against me? Absolutely, if He so chooses. Can my God still uh, uh, have the power to, for me to cross whatever rivers of adversity has been put before me? Absolutely. Not only cross it, but push it to the side, and I cross on dry ground. My God's still the same yesterday, today, and praise God for tomorrow as well. That's the God we serve. These accounts that we are given here in Scripture, guy, they are to teach us. They are to, to guide us to walk through life following God's will. I don't care how dire the the circumstance that may be around us, or at least that the news outlets will tell us that it is around us. If we know Jesus Christ is our Lord and as our Savior, then we have hope. And as long as we have hope, that the world can say all that they want to. But when my hope is not placed in what the world says, but in the miraculous workings of God, then when I put my hope in a God that I know can even bring the dead back to life, when I know that my hope is in something that can never be taken away or destroyed, then I can have hope regardless of what's going on around me. Your hope, guys should not be in a news agency. It should not be in a governmental system. It should not be in a man. It should not be in me. It should not be in any individual other than Jesus Christ. Because why? He has already defeated death, hell, and the grave. And he said, whomsoever believes in me shall not perish but have everlasting life. I was watching a, a, a cartoon show the other night with my grandson. And it, and, and it was Thor's granddaughter, no, Thor's daughter, I guess. I don't know. Anyway. But she said, I'm immortal. Nothing can kill me because my daddy is God. I thought, you know what? So is mine. <laughs> Amen. You know, I might lose it. In fact, there's no might. Guess what? Newsflash, if you didn't know it, none of us is getting out of this alive anyway. We all are going to die at some point, but my spirit can never be stopped because my spirit's in the hands of God Almighty. But even in this physical body, if God so choose to work miracles, he can. You remember Elijah, the Tishbite? He, he goes forth, and you, you can find this story in 1 Kings chapter 17. But he goes forth and, and, he, and he commands the rain to stop and the dew to stop. He says, y'all people are just so bad, I'm just going to stop everything until you repent, until things get right. And God sent Elijah to the, to the brook of Cherith and, and he had ravens feed him. Now let's think about that miracle. How many ravens... Would it take to bring enough food to sustain a man? Now I doubt he was as big as I am, but still, there had to be enough food to sustain the man. Now the the ravens are sustaining him, and Elijah stays there until the brook runs dry. And he gets up from the brook. Once the brook runs dry, he goes where God leads him, and he comes across this widow lady. And he asked her, he says, ma'am, how much oil and meal do you have to make some bread? And she, she shows him, I have barely enough. I'm, I am on the very, I am just about out of both oil and meal. I'm not going to make it. I have nothing left. This is all I got. But yet, as long as Elijah was there, she never ran out of oil and she never ran out of meal. And they always sat there and ate well together. Well, then one day, here she is doing the will of the Father. She's doing the will of God by taking care of his man. And, and, and all of a sudden, her son dies. And she's broken, and her heart is wrenched. And, and she looks to Elijah and says, here I'm doing what God has called me to do. And yet, my son still dies. And Elijah says, well, let me, let me look into this. And in, in 1 Kings chapter 17, notice what happens here, starting in verse 18. She said to Elijah, man of God, what do we have in common? Have you come to remind me of my guilt and to kill my son? But Elijah said to her, give me your son. So he took him from her arms, brought him to the supper room where he was staying, and laid him on his bed. And then he cried out unto the Lord and said, my Lord God, have you also brought tragedy on the widow I am staying with by killing her son? And he stretched himself out over the boy three times and he cried out to the Lord and said my Lord God please let this boy's life return unto him. And so the Lord listened to Elijah's voice and the boy's life returned to him and he lived. And then Elijah took the boy brought him down from the upper room into the house and gave him to his mother. And Elijah said look your son is alive. And then the woman said to Elijah now I know. You are a man of God, and the Lord's word of truth is in your mouth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. A dead child, but yet Elijah, his heart was that the child would live, but yet he's crying out unto the Lord, your will, Father God, my will is that this child would live. But he cries out. He didn't quit crying out. He kept on praying, and he said, Lord, let this child live again. My heart's desire is that this child lives again. God hears his prayers and he answers his prayers. Folks, that is the power of God. When we cry out and pray unto him and he hears our prayers and it is done. But here's what's important, guys. And this is make sure that we fully understand in our, in our minds and hearts right now. It's not done because we prayed for it. It's done because we prayed for it as long as it's in the will of the Father. As long as my heart is set on what God's heart is, as long as there's no self-centered or, or mischievous reasoning behind my prayers, as long as there's no, no self, uh, uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Greediness. As long as I'm not being greedy, as long as I'm truly seeking God's direction, God's will, Lord, what would you have done here? And this is important to understand, that when they, we pray, we are to pray, Lord, not my will, but thine be done. you remember what Jesus said? Jesus, the son, he says, that may this cup be removed from me. He didn't want to go through what was about to happen, the man side of him. He wanted to restore the relationship that we have with God the Father. He wanted to carry out God the Father's plans. But he also knew, as a human being, what he was about to go through. He said, Lord, if, the, if you could just remove this cup from me. But what does he say thereafter? You remember how he closes his, his prayer, which is a great example for all of us to be able to close our prayer, every prayer with? He said, but yet not my will, but thine be done. Notice, turn over to Luke. We all know this passage of scripture. But I want us to see it together in the book of Luke. In Luke, chapter 22, verse 41. Then he withdrew from them about a stone's throw, knelt down, and began to pray, Father, if you are willing, take this cup away from me. But nevertheless, not my will but yours be done. You hear that? Lord, I pray my heart's desire is that there is another way. But yet, you know better. So not my will, but thine be done. And God works miraculous things. Guys, that's how all our prayers should be brought to pass. We should be praying for the Lord's will to be done. God, this is the the prayers of my heart. This is the, I'm praying for these people or those people. I'm praying for this illness or that illness. I'm praying for this financial situation, this relational situation. I'm praying for all these different things, God. You know my heart, dear Lord, but yet not my will, but thine be done. And the great thing here is we can pray and if we can truly say in our heart, Lord, thine will be done, then we will also be able to understand that though it may break our heart, I will accept God if you bring this child back to life. Hallelujah. But as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, but if not, hallelujah anyway. Because it's God's will being done. We can pray for this virus to go away if it be thy will, Lord God. We can pray for healing, if it be thy will, O God. We can pray for our government, but yet not my will, thine be done. Sometimes we get our mind around, this is what the government has to do. But God says, no, I have the whole picture, I see. I can pray for the hearts of my neighbors or the hearts of my children or the hearts of my family. And I can pray what I think needs to be done, but is it better to be done what i think or should i end it with but yet thy will be done god because you see god has the hearts of those people in 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 turn in his mind far greater than even i could ever think of and when i pray in thy will be done i am saying lord make me a part of who you want me to be so i can be a part of your will The more we pray it in that fashion, the more we pray not just expecting the results we want, but expecting that we prayed, we made our heart known unto God, but yet thy will be done, Lord. You know what's going to happen? The more we're going to see God in the midst of the circumstances around us, because we're going to quit looking at it the way we want to look at it, and we're going to start seeing people. We're going to start seeing situations. We're going to start seeing the lost. We're going to start seeing things the way God sees things, and then we're going to start seeing the way God works things. You think Moses, when he said, God, save my people, save your people he thought that God was going to open a three mile swath of water behind him that wasn't a man's way of thinking before that he never heard of something like that he's thinking God you better wipe them out over there you better send a heavenly host to start slaying some Egyptians and God said no hold out your staff I'm going to make a three mile swath of dry land for you to walk across oh okay that'll work and they carry through you see, God's ways are so often not our ways, but He still wants to hear our prayers and our pleas because we're His children and He loves us. And when we pray and we open our hearts to Him and He realizes, or He always has realized, but when He sees that it's important unto us, then He'll allow us to be a part of the plan when we start saying, But not my will, Thy will be done. Lord, what would you have me to do to carry out your will? Because your will is going to always be so much better. Than my will though I understand it or not now this brings me to the to the last illustration I want to share with you that I feel as though is one of the no I'm not going to say one of I'm going to say the greatest example of God's power the greatest example of of God's miraculous working if you will and we'll have to go to the cross to see this as Jesus is hanging on the cross now think about this as we look to the cross i want you to put the cross in your mind's eye right now and jesus is he's gone through he he prayed for the lord to remove this cup but yet not my will but thine be done god's will was not to remove the cross for the wages of sin is death there is no remission of sin without the shedding of blood and there was only one who ever had that human except for the first adam before the fall but jesus is the only one that could ever pay that blood debt and so he has him hang on that cross. The son of God, Jesus, the claims to be the son of God is hanging on that cross. And he's not just hanging there. Jesus is cloaked in sin. He that knew no sin became sin, sin that he had never committed. Your sin, my sin, all of our sin has been piled upon him. It's bad enough that he's been beaten. It's bad enough that he's been shamed and humiliated. It's bad enough he's been nailed to this cross and dropped into this hole. And and, and he's got all these physical ailments. But spiritually, he had never known sin. But yet, all our sin is piled upon him. And because that sin is piled upon him right there. God the Father... It's annotated in Mark chapter 15, verse 34, if you want to turn there. But God is is up in heaven and God the Son is sitting on that cross and Jesus is hanging there and it says, on the ninth hour, Jesus cried out unto the Lord, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which is translated, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Can you imagine the anguish that Jesus must have been feeling when he cried out? When he felt the presence of God turn away from the sin that had been piled upon him. Yes, Jesus is suffering on that cross. And God, the Father, turns his face from him. And Jesus, the the, the Son of God, feeling alone, cries out for his heavenly Father. Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani. But God the Father turned his head. You see here's the thing the greatest power of God or the greatest miracle I think we witnessed is the power of love a love that was so strong so powerful so intent that it kept God the father from saving God the son from suffering. You see a love so intent that the holy God has for you and I that he knew that the only way to restore the relationship between you and and myself and him was to shed the blood of his only son and though it would have broken his heart can you think of any earthly father there might be a few I can't imagine but there's no earthly father when they hear their their son cry out in pain and their son cry out in anguish is not going to turn and run and try to help their son from whatever it is that they've They found themselves in there. No heavenly father, I mean, excuse me, no earthly father is going to leave their son in that position if they can do anything about it. But here is the the God of the universe, the infinite God, the all-powerful God, turning his back on his most holy son because he couldn't view the sin that had been piled upon him. But praise God, as his heart was breaking there, he also knew the outcome that was to be. So many times our heart is broken in the midst of the trial that we're in. But praise God, we serve a God that knows what's about to be. Because he knew by allowing Jesus to die upon that cross, into thy hands I commend my spirit, Jesus said. He knew, Jesus knew, the devil didn't even know. The devil's rejoicing. I defeated the plan that God the Father had for mankind. I won! But three days later, he got a wake-up call. Because three days later, my Lord arose, defeating death, hell, and the grave. The disciples, they all are mourning. He's gone. The one we put all our faith in is gone. It, it, it defied human logic. But God knew the miracle that was coming. God knew that death, hell, nor the grave could hold his son back. And praise God, I, I guarantee you that in the book of Revelation, when the, when the devil stands before him, he's going to remember the day he had to turn his head on his son. And all vengeance of the Lord is going to be poured out at that point. Praise God, I'm on his side and not the devil's side. You see, folks, we serve a miracle-working God. And because God the Son chose to carry out the will of the Father, the miracle of salvation was brought for you and I. Because God the Father loved us enough to carry out the plan that he knew would work. We have restoration if we choose to put our faith in him hallelujah that love that he has for you and me has conquered all so in the midst of all the pandemic and virus and everything that's going on do you really think that God would leave us now no when you really think about what he has brought us through what he brought his son through for you and I you think he's going to leave us hanging now no now satan will use the media and the airwaves and everything else to make you feel alone and beaten and and what is that church thing going on why do you think you need to assemble one with another why do you think you need to read that bible just sit down watch something cool on tv and be good with it folks the power of my god is still just as resonating in the world today as it was the day of the crucifixion but the difference now is i know we won then and we win now as well amen if you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then yes, you're going to live in a state of panic and fear because that's what Satan wants you to live in. But folks, I'm going to share with you this morning that if you will put your heart and all that you are into the hands of Jesus Christ, I'm not telling you to do anything unsensible. I'm not telling you to go ride your motorcycle 110 on a wheelie down the State 10. No, we still got to be intelligent. We still got to use the common sense that God has given us. And we still got to function and do the will of my father. But in doing the will of my father, though it may cost me my physical life, I can still stand strong and true and proclaim, thus saith the Lord, because my God's on the other side. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, the world is a dark place. But I would share with you this morning that the God that brought Moses and the Israelites across the Red Sea, the God that brought Joshua, across the river jordan the god that raised to the widow's son the tishbite the god that cried out unto lazarus the god that allowed his son to defeat death hell and the grave and three days later hold the keys and say whomsoever believeth in me shall not perish the god who said that if you will as, as john shared this morning profess me before men so shall i profess you before the father that very same god will lift you up and move you throughout this world. But you have to know him. We serve a God who allowed us the choice. I came so that you can have freedom. But you have the freedom to choose. Righteousness or unrighteousness. You have the freedom to choose to live for me and what I have put forth that will give you a glorious life. Or you can choose temporary fun, sin that's going to lead to destruction and a devil's hell. But I'll let you choose. But I carried out on the cross a plan that if you will choose my will and pray and my will be done, we'll stand together one day at the throne and we'll look back at what I've done for you and for them. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior I pray that you will understand that he said anyone who believes that I am the son of God and that I arose on the third day out of a borrowed tomb defeated death, hell and the grave and I walked amongst men for 40 days and then I ascended to the right hand of God the Father to be the mediator so that when the accuser points his finger and names you I'm going to open a book and I'm going to see if you chose to have your name written in that book and those that did you may have had a rough 50, 60, 70, 80 years on that side of glory 90 years, 100 years don't want to cut nobody out but you got a whole eternity that I'm going to profess you before my father hallelujah thank you for wearing yellow to remind me I'm just kidding all seriousness guys is God reaching to you we serve a miracle working God and if you do know him today I'm not saying that this virus isn't a scary thing it is I'm not saying that the world is changing around us it is But you know what? God said, yeah, the world's a scary place, but be of good cheer for I have conquered the world. If you're here this morning, I'm saying that you don't have to live in fear. Live in victory. Live in joy. Even sitting in a hospital room, you can sit back and say, thank you, Jesus. Who is it you want me to witness to? That doctor? That nurse? What do you want me to share with them today, Lord? Not my will. I want thine to be done. Let's all stand. I want to lead us in a word of prayer. If God's speaking to you today, maybe he's telling you this for the first time, you need to accept him as your Lord and Savior. Then I pray that you will step out. Listen to what he says. You can can pray right where you're at. If you're watching by video in your living room, wherever you're at. He doesn't care you're wearing PJs. I don't care. But wherever you're at, If you will get on your knees to say, Father, I am a sinner in need of your grace. And mean it with your heart, not your mouth. He will move in and make you a new creation. If you're here this morning, you know him, but you've just allowed the world to work you up in so much anxiety. Isn't it great? The greatest cure to anxiety is the peace of Jesus Christ. Will you ask him to move in your life? And move that... Anxiety to the realm of grace and peace and mercy. And he could speak and it be done or he may put you through channels to get it done. He may take you to counselors, whatever it may be. But let's make the choice not to live in fear anymore and let's make the choice, not my will, thine be done. Moses, when he turned to look at that Red Sea and the Egyptians behind him, if this is what God says, so be it. The Israelites, under Joshua's command, go to a raging river. And he tells the, the, the Levites with the Ark of the Covenant, just step in there. Okay. If that's what God desires. And the river splits. And Elijah says, God, this widow's been doing everything for you. Is there something, will you give her back her son's life? So that she knows that you are the man of God that I've called you to be? Sure not my will, thine be done. Are you ready to do that this morning? Father God, I come before you and thank you for this opportunity that we have to stand in your presence and recognize who you are. You are Lord of lords, King of kings. If there's someone in the sound of my voice, or no, no, anywhere, if there's anyone here today, Lord, that needs to hear you, may they hear you in their heart. And may they surrender themselves unto you before it's too late. May they proclaim your righteousness. And Father, I pray also that there's someone here today that knows you, but maybe for whatever reason they they just forgot how powerful you really are. May you bring that to their, their remembrance this day. And may we all leave out of here responsible, intelligent, speaking in a in in, an intelligent fashion but may we leave out of here today recognizing that you have given us this life not just to exist but to share your gospel to share your testimony to live for you father you said that faith without works is dead may we go forth and show others our faith by the works you do in our life in jesus name amen amen as we sing this morning if god's calling you up come on up here you can pray right where you're at you can go to brother ray ray will pray with you i'll pray with you what maybe god's telling you to to just just grab your husband your wife's hand as a family i don't know but will you do what the lord's calling you to do this morning if you're over in the overflow please come over here if you want to pray at this altar this altar is open But let me say, too, that God's altar is wherever you're at, calling on his name. You can pull over to the side of the road and get down on the curb. That's still his altar. Just do what the Lord's calling you to do this day as we sing, Chris. that when you leave here this morning the main thing that you hear as you leave here is that no matter what anyone ever tells you any human being ever tells you if your hope is in Jesus Christ Lord of Lords King of Kings Savior of mankind then your hope is in what's everlasting and will forever be there don't allow the world to steal your hope don't allow satan to steal your hope you no matter how bad it may seem remember that even to be absent from the body is to be present with your lord amen amen it's good seeing everybody this morning i praise the lord for each one of you go out there and enjoy this sunshine today go sit on your porch your backyard wherever it is that you're going to go and do and just remember to say thank you jesus Thank you, Jesus. Brother Ray, will you close this, brother?